0: Our loving Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for, gracious Lord, for this another day. We thank thee for thy watch care over us through this past week. We pray, Heavenly Father, that if it be thy will, that thou will continue thy watch care over us. We pray, gracious Lord, this morning for each and every one that's been mentioned and the many that are not mentioned that are near and dear to our hearts that are in need of thy grace and thy mercy. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that come before us this morning, that Thou will give them the things that Thou seest that we're in need of. And gracious Lord, we pray that we might be able to receive the words that, that are spoken, that, that they might help us through this another week. We pray, Heavenly Father, for our country, for our leaders, for the one men and women that are on foreign soils and at home. In behalf of this country, we pray, Heavenly Father, for our leaders. We pray, gracious Lord, to be Thy will, that Thou will choose out our changes, that Thou will lead, guide, guard, and direct us. And we pray, Heavenly Father, if it be Thy will, that Thou forgive us, Lord, of all of our strong, all of our shortcomings and these favors. And we bless. We ask Him thus, in Jesus' sweet name. Amen.
1: Amen. being able to kneel in prayer Lord willing
2: well I'd ask uh, you in your prayers for the service and for brother Mike as he uh, I guess we could say as he sits before us (laughs) I get to to poke fun at him from the back back here and he really can't do anything about it but just sit there and nod his head Uh, certainly uh, you know, from last week when I had read in the uh, 11th chapter of John, and, and I made reference to, uh, to um, the portion of the scripture that was after Lazarus was raised, that immediately, uh, and I'll start reading in the 45th verse, it says, And many of the Jews which came to Mary had seen the things which Jesus did and believed on him, but some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, "What do what do we for this man doeth many miracles? If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation." So immediately, and this is, uh, uh, I think, is an issue that we've seen throughout. From the time Jesus was born, at at the very foretelling of his coming and the wise men coming there, people wanted to kill him. And so they, uh, as was the, uh, you know, the the movement off to Egypt to keep that from happening, uh, you know, because of the ruling of the king. And so now here is yet another instance where the Jews have come together and said, and this is all really about power that's what they craved that's what they had they had the law and they had that power and the last thing they wanted to have happen was somebody to come in there and as you see right here they said if everybody believes on him what will happen the romans will look at us and say hey they're not the ones that, that the people are aligned behind it's this guy over here and we need to to deal with him. And that was so evident even in the trial up to Jesus' death when, when there were so many times he was looking and they said, I, I can't find anything that he's guilty of. But what did they say? Give us Barabbas. They wanted Jesus put to death. They wanted that to happen. And the thing in this very instance not only did they want Jesus put to death, but if you read down into the, into the 12th uh, chapter there, it starts out in the 9th verse. Much of the people of Jews, therefore, that knew that he was there and came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. Because by that reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus, so it's evident that some of them were did not believe in that. but here it again, it wasn't enough in this instance just to put Jesus to death, they wanted Lazarus as well. Now think about the fact that we we think that uh, uh, that we're so far removed today from the the uh, uh, Barbarous nature of people that they would seek to put people to death to retain power now while we certainly don't advocate that in this country and uh, And we would like to think that we're far removed from that there are places in this world where that happens every day every day If someone is not in my way, I can retain power or I can ascend to power or I can gain power now, in this country, we do that by political shenanigans and moving people. And and uh, I had uh, uh, I had uh, lunch with a fellow the other day that uh, had been appointed to a political position. I think it's Secretary of Commerce, and uh, and he was a, a a black fellow and he uh, a very astute, very sharp gentleman. And you know, just like I had to be. Uh, approved and, uh, by the Senate, the Senate committee had to meet and I had to go before them and they asked me questions and then they vote, uh, uh, they vote for your approval because that's the kind of job I had. He had a very similar job, but to keep his confirmation from happening, they moved him from the committee he was supposed to stand in front of to another committee or another black lady was the chairman of it. They never heard, and so basically he never got a chance to speak. He never got confirmed. He had to step down. Now, that's better than death, <laughs> but it is a—it certainly is a form of. It was about power. It's about power, and this happens every day. So, so while well, the fact that we're not advocating by the will that we're going out here and and putting people to death, or, or in the case of this, causing the Romans to put Jesus to death. But it was all the same. It was how do we retain power? What does power look like? And we see that so much in, uh, uh, in this country that is a continual struggle for power, where we sometimes or we come in here and we always are keeping our eye on our Lord, keeping our eye on the things that matter for us, keeping that focus. And so many times we're oblivious to what's going on around us sometimes, that this struggle is real. It was real in Jesus' time, it was real uh, in this, uh, you know, in this great opportunity that we saw the glory of God not days before this in a dead man coming back to life. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I saw that, I would be impressed. That's an impressive deal. I mean, that would even impress Courtney. She's she's hard. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, in the shadow of such great an event, the very next thing would be, how do we put this man to death? How do we get him out of our way so that we can retain that power and, uh, and so, while it continues today in different form, in different thoughts, the thing that is, uh, that has a great hope is the last thing that was said in this last verse. That many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. And there's constantly people who believe on Jesus, believe on his finished work, believe on what was done on our behalf. And that belief has sustained us through all these years and continues to sustain us, not to focus on power, not to focus on those corrupt things, not to focus on the Pharisees and all the stuff that they did to get Barabbas and send Jesus to the cross. But we have that opportunity to put that aside every day. Focus on the things that are it's important to us, and that is our ability to come and worship and to be so thankful for that finished work. Thankful for what has gone on before us. Thankful for the unchanging nature of the scripture and the doctrine. And that is so uh, wonderful to uh, to hear that as, uh, as Brother Mike has just over all these years uh, He's telling the same story so whether he believes it or not he is telling us the same story and he's he's consistent in that. Has he got a weird look on his face right there <laughs> so and and that is such a blessing to us such a blessing to our church is that we don't hear anything new but the course that we hear that story that we hear the one and we're not with the crowd because we live in a time now and I never thought this would happen where Christian values would be attacked. I mean, that is like, you know, the stuff that you believe, now, now that's, that's not right or that's not where we need to be. And uh, I never would have thought that in this country that we would see that. But yet, we want to talk about the power of Satan and the power of people who want to have power? That's what besets us every day. So, uh, thank you for your attention, and, and please continue to pray for Brother Mike as he uh, sits before us. Come now,
1: found. appreciate Brother Jerry's thoughts and comments this morning and just to confirm I do believe in uh, what I've been preaching brother just affirm that but all aside I just want to take a a moment here and and uh, extend a little thought along those lines before we get into uh, the topic for this morning but when he mentioned the, the man in the political position and the fact that there had been and basically what happened was it was manipulated so that he would not get confirmed because people did not want him in there for whatever reason. And these things happen all the time. And when Marilyn was uh, appointed director of the Ethics Commission, she had to be confirmed by both houses, not one, but both and many of you recall that she worked for a large corporation before that for many years and when she was working there as general counsel there was a a franchisee that was constantly trying to find ways he could take advantage of things I'll just put it that way and so she had to come up and, and confront him on a few few things. And this, I'm using this as an example that we need to, and I'm, especially for our young people. You will come across things in your life, in work, whatever it may be, and you may confront somebody about they're doing the wrong thing and you're standing for whatever might be the right thing. Just remember that they may have long memories. This man did. And when he found out that Marilyn was being appointed to this position, he had a lot of political influence, and he worked his best and actually wrote a letter and said that her religious fundamental beliefs would be detrimental to the state of Oklahoma. So your belief and what you stand for becomes evident every day. But the Lord was more powerful than the powers that be. And you might say it was a miraculous thing that, that she was confirmed, but she was and stayed in that position for 25 years. And many of you know her general counsel Rebecca Adams who has been here before many times they would come across difficult situations like this like Brother Jerry's talking about it it goes on constantly power men are power hungry all you have to do is go back to Genesis and you see where Satan subtly mentions to Eve, ye shall not surely die, but ye shall be as gods. That means power. And Adam fell for that. He wanted to have that power. So, Marilyn told Rebecca many times, she said, when the Lord is finished with us in this work, it will become evident. And it finally did. But until then, the Lord would make the way and open the door. So the point is, many of you I know right now of our young people are facing situations where you have opposition of people for various things. Maybe you have an idea of something that would help your organization but some people don't want to have things that change they don't like change if they have power and control if they feel like they're going to lose it like the Pharisees did and why they wanted Jesus dead and they wanted Lazarus dead is so that all of this could go back to the same way it was before with them in absolute control so you will face these things But just remember, don't put your trust in yourself or in somebody else, only in the Lord. And if it's the Lord's will, He will make the way. He will open the door. The scripture tells us that the Lord will open the door for the righteous man and will place him before the king and you will find yourself perhaps in sometimes in situations that you never thought you would be in and maybe given responsibility time and again again go back to the scripture look at joseph who was taken his brothers wanted him out of the way because they wanted the power and the rec- recognition and look at what happens he's taken into captivity into egypt a pagan land. But he continues to look to his Lord and before long, he becomes the governor by the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh gave him the power. And when the famine came, he was able to help his people, the Lord's people, and as well those in Egypt. So it's the same as what Mordecai said to Esther when she was afraid to try to approach the king and tell him what was about to be done to her people. They were about to be annihilated. Mordecai says, if you don't, the Lord will raise up someone else or some other means and He will make it known. His people will not be annihilated. Now I'm paraphrasing. But he tells her, You don't know if this is not the time of which you were to be here at this place. So we never know. But if we trust in the Lord and look unto Him, the Lord will make the way. And if it's not the Lord's will, then He will make that evident and it will be fine. He will open another door. So don't be discouraged when these come about, but look back to what the Lord has done with His people down through the years, and He will continue. I just want to read a few Scripture in Psalm 34, and then Lord willing, we'll look at what's upon our mind. This is a psalm of David. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. You know, there's something else that I believe in, Brother Jerry. I believe in angels of the Lord. And I believe that the Lord sends his angels among his people. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. The thought that has upon my mind and has been for last days and perhaps actually longer than that um, is one that has been discussed with uh, some of the brethren in in the Old Baptist Weekly, but as well, I think there's been a lot of independent thought on this. And I did want to mention that Brother Bill's pastor, Brother Elder Jerry Anstey, we need to pray for him, and he's facing some pulmonary illness. Uh, I think they're still trying to understand what exactly it is. Uh, but remember, Brother Jerry, if you would. But turn with me to the book of Philippians <clears throat> and the first chapter. And, of course, um, it's always <clears throat> good to read the opening of the letters that Paul wrote because he, he contained such beautiful salutations to to give to the people it, it, I just you know I miss the fact that we live in a time where writing actually setting down and handwriting a letter is is people don't do that anymore but um, when you write a letter to someone you you have to take time and your thoughts are collected in a very different way than what we do with text or email today and so there's a lot of uh, the person that goes into a letter and so we find that paul writing this letter to the philippian church he begins by paul and Timothy. So Timothy was with him, servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Isn't that beautiful? That every remembrance that the apostle had, he was thankful when he thought of those folks at philippi and when we hear someone say i was thinking of you isn't that comforting they don't have to say i was praying for you or prayed for you but just the fact that i was thinking of you you know that 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 has great meaning and encouragement Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Now that fellowship in the gospel, I think, is important for us to consider. And our fellowship together, we, we have a joy in that. We have a joy as, you know, sometimes people will ask, well, where do you go to church? And we'll tell them and they'll say, well, maybe that's a long way to drive, isn't it? Yeah. So we tell them a little bit more and then we'll say, well, we have lunch every Sunday, you know. Boy, they perk up when they hear that. Everybody (laughs) likes to have lunch. And, uh, you know, there's there's an awful lot. If you ever want to get something done, you need to go and break bread with somebody. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to have a good conversation, if you, if you feel like you need to, if you're going to have one of those difficult conversations, it's a good thing to do is to sit down and, and have a meal with them. But this fellowship in the gospel is, is much more. Much, much more. Much, much more. And he says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day, he's, he's praying and making requests with joy, with joy. He's not making requests, well, I hope those people at Philippi are, are you know, fellowshipping in the gospel. He's enjoying, he's, he's, enjoy, he's, he's hearing things that they are fellowshipping in the gospel, and it brings joy to him, and he's giving thanks unto God for this, And he says, being confident of this very thing that he, that's God, which hath begun a good work in you, a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, the fellowship and the gospel and that good work in you is something that we need to think about a little bit. What does that exactly mean for us? And so, if you look at fellowship, it, it has a root in fellow. And fellow means to have, be united in a, a covenant, if you will, for a common uh, means, whatever that may be. And so, for us, we have a fellowship in Jesus Christ, do, do we not? We have a great fellowship in Jesus Christ we believe in Jesus Christ, Brother Jerry. And we all have that common belief in Jesus Christ, and we share that. And so we are united, if you will, in a a covenant, and the Lord has given us that covenant. It is the Lord's covenant. It's not ours. It's the Lord's covenant. And His covenant is that His will be done through His Son, Jesus Christ, for those that He gave the Son before time ever was, before the world was. Now, we don't understand that. We, don't, we can't fully comprehend that. Because our limitations are, are just, we're just not as smart as we think we are. And the Pharisees weren't as smart as they thought they were either in trying to kill Christ. And they thought that they would kill him, but he was going to die himself. He was going to give himself. And so when we think about this being a fellow, we have something in common. We have a, a uh, we're united. And that, that thought of united means a unity there is a unity in Jesus Christ. And so this, this point, as we've said time before, is stressed in the Scripture, and especially in the New Testament. And as the Apostle would say, till we all come, this is over in Ephesians, till we all come in the unity. And so there is a purpose of preaching, there's a purpose of Um, speaking as we said as brother jerry said um, hopefully i have not brought anything new over the years that's that's not what the the gospel is the gospel was brought new by jesus christ and what men are given as gifts and calling of god is to just reaffirm that good news to the lord's people Because what the Lord Jesus Christ brought in the gospel or the good news stands forever. It is the work of God. And it stands. And it will stand. And it will endure time. And there will not be Pharisees or political powers or anything else that will take that away or disrupt it no matter what they may try or what they may think of it. It will stand sure And the Lord's people will be delivered in it. And so with that, the apostle in his prayers for this little band was happy in this because the fellowship in the gospel was continuing. They had a unity, if you will, in the gospel or the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, And so... He says this being confident of this very thing. And you know, the apostle would use that term confident quite often. And he would say fully persuaded over in the 8th chapter of the Roman letter. I'm fairly, fully persuaded that neither death nor life or all the other things that he mentions will separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And so there were things that, that had become evident unto this apostle unto this man that become evident to us as well as we continue in our journey of faith of where the Lord is working his will in the lives of his people and so he could say being confident I'm confident of this very thing that he God which hath begun a good work in you now that good work in you is something we want to look at over here in, in Ephesians. Let's go back to the second chapter of Ephesians, which we love. And he begins by saying, "In you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sin. And so we're talking about spiritual conditions here, aren't we? We're talking about our condition before the Lord touched us that... We were dead to an awareness of Him. We were dead to a a joy in Him. We were dead to His truths. And we followed after the lust of the flesh. We followed after those desires. We followed after those things that we mentioned about Adam there in the beginning who wanted to have that power. And so he made that decision of partaking of that fruit and, and was deceived by Satan. Eve was deceived by Satan and he followed his wife in that. And then he would even accuse God by saying, The woman that thou hast given me, when the Lord confronted him on his decision. But let's go on. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sin. And so there's been a livening here. There's been a regenerative work. And that regenerative work can only be by God. Because it's going to be worked in those that are his, isn't it? Those that are his. He's not going to work this in in. He's not going to do it out here in some uh, Brahma bull or some uh, Cornish chicken hen or something like that. He's not going to do that. It's going to be in those that are created in our image, in man, woman, and he says, "You were hath he quickened," and he's speaking of God, and he says, "Wherein in time past ye walk according to the course of this world," and so he makes that reference that we've we've even said. And he said, and he continues on, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Through faith. And let us look at that because he clarifies clarifies that and takes it away. You know, if we didn't have the rest of this verse, just think how many men would be going around and puffing their chests out and saying, my faith has has saved me. And we have that today, don't we? We have that today. I had a young man, young elder, (laughs) called me the other day and said, I've I've got something to send to you, uh, something I wrote about a year ago, and I'd like you to read it. And so I did. And and I was kind of taken back. It was was real interesting. Uh, It was quotations from people that he was associated with or, you know, around on a daily basis that would say, I haven't sinned today. They actually said this. Or they would say, talking about him, you pray like a worm. Now, there were a whole lot more things we could get into, but uh, the first thing I wanted to know was, are these your peers? Are these, you know, uh, people you work with? Or, or what is this? And And... Lo and behold, it it was even closer than that. I'm not going to get into it anymore. But as I learned more about it, I was astounded. And his point was, is that the Pharisees, the Pharisees were the same. And you see that the Pharisees thought they were not sinners because they'd done all these things. Pharisees thought that they could pray. Think about the publican and the Pharisee. And the Pharisee stood there and said, well, I'm glad I'm not like this publican. And the publican couldn't even raise his, his eyes to heaven. And these things are still with us today, as we said before. So I'm glad, I am thankful, that the Lord has this in His word to us. For by grace are you saved through faith, And that not of yourselves, he clarifies it, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. And I tell you, it doesn't say anything about, well, it's a gift of God and oh, by the way, you need to accept it or not. And it's not going to be effective if you don't accept or take the gift. It says, not of works, lest any man should boast. So he takes works out of it completely. But this faith that he's talking about is the faith that God the Father had in the Son and the faith the Son had in the Father. That what the Son was going to do and what He did was accomplished. And the Father was pleased in what He had done. And the Son carried that out because He loved us that the Father had given Him before the time was. He loved us that much. That he would sacrifice himself. And he had faith in the father. And so it is not of us. It is the gift of God. That God has given us. By his grace. It is the grace of God. And his mercies. And it is ours. If you inherit something from. a, 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 a Someone in In your family that maybe you never saw in your lifetime never knew that they existed maybe a a, an aunt uncle whatever that is yours it belongs to you whatever that they've given unto you you might have to sign some legal papers on that but it's still yours it was assigned to you the inheritance that we have this gift is given to us by God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that we might be with the Lord in holy heaven forever. Because we cannot enter heaven if we are tainted with sin, as we are through our lineage in Adam. And Adam's decision back then to, to gain a little power on his own put us in this position. But it was God's will and His omnipotent understanding that He set forth a way that we would be with Him. Why? Because He loves us. And how thankful we can be for that. And so he says, not of works, lest any man should boast. But let us continue on, because here's what we want to get to. For we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Unto good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we're not going to go and create these works. These works have already been created by God. They are are the good works that God would have us to walk in. And so when the apostle is speaking about that good work in you, which which the Lord is is set forth, we need to think about those good works that the apostle is speaking of over here that God hath before ordained that we should walk in. And so when we think about this... There's the inward and outward um, manifestation toward God and man of our actions, if you will, that are according to God's law and instruction. It's how we behave. It's how we conduct ourselves. It's all the things that we were talking about before. And I'll tell you, and you, Hath he quickened, who were dead and trespasses in and sinned, you were changed forever right then. Whether you like it or not, you're changed forever. And that grace is upon you. And that glory of God, that through faith, not of yourselves, not of works, it's been bestowed upon you by God, by His power, and it's going to show through. And as it's going to show through in your life, people are going to take note of it. And you know, people are, there's going to be more, let me just say this for you young folks, there's going to be more that will benefit from it than those that may find offense in it and try to, try to make an obstacle in some way, but the Lord will overcome those obstacles for you. And you just continue on looking unto him. Don't, Don't begin to look down and look at those that are trying to put the stones in the way. Just look unto the Lord and continue on. And so as he says the good work, these good works come from a pure heart and unfeigned love. So how is it that we have a pure heart and unfeigned. Now, unfeigned. Let me let me just look at that for a moment. Unfeigned is that word is is used quite a bit in in the in the Bible, or a few places, if you will. But the it's it's contrary to the word feign. So, what does feign mean? Feign means to have something that isn't true, isn't really there, is it? It's just kind of a an image, if you will. It's it's fake. And how did the Lord express this to the Pharisees? There was a word that he used, wasn't there? And it was very, I'll tell you, you know, poor old Pharisees took a lot of insults from 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 Jesus. They didn't they didn't realize it all the time, but he was really giving it to them when we look back on it. And he would use the word hypocrite. Because hypocrite means actor. So he would just call it up, call them out just what they were. He said, you hypocrites, you're just a bunch of actors. You're just acting out. What does an actor do? An actor takes on and portrays someone else or some actions that aren't really him, doesn't he? He's entertaining. And, and sometimes, you know, the good, good actors that we all like to see, can, can take on these, these roles, we call them, or these, these portrayals, and it seems like they're really that person, if you will. They're just so good, but it's feigned. It's hypocritical. It's acting. And so when he says, unfeigned, these actions, these good works that the Lord has before ordained that we should walk in, They're going to be the pure works, the pure heart, and the pure heart of the child of God that we might look unto him in all things. He would say and continue on here as we'll look at this just a little bit more. Paul says, for God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. And so the love that we have of God and the love that we have of one another, as John says, we know that we have passed from from death unto life because we love the brethren. We love the brethren. Why is it that we love the brethren? Because we have a commonality. We have a fellowship, if you will, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we feel the same power each one has touched us in a way and has opened our eyes to these precious truths. And we can see now these good works that God hath before ordained and we desire to walk in them. We don't want to walk in those, those other works that were in this old world, the lust of the flesh and so forth. There's plenty of those. Some of those that Brother Jerry talked about, that, that seeking of power on our own. And so what we want to follow in is is to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he would say in the fifth verse of the second chapter, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so the good works that we are going to put on would be the armor of light that Paul speaks of in the sixth chapter of of the Ephesian letter. We can go back and look at those seven points, but as well, we put, put on the Lord Jesus Christ in his humility, and you can go back to the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John when we find that the Lord at the end of the communion supper and look at the communion, what that is, common common union is what that is. Common union. And I was thinking, as I mentioned before, about this little church, Zion's church up there in Missouri when, when Sister Rebecca Kendrick had, had told me about this. I'd never heard about something like that. Maybe it is being done in different parts of the country and I'm not aware. But just think that out of one weekend a month or one weekend a year that the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ in that area call that the communion weekend. We're going to have a communion. We're going to have a union with the Lord, if you will, and following Him in His supper and the foot washing. And they all come together in that capacity. And how we rejoice in the two times that we're permitted to do that here from time to time. But you know, I can think back on the days when when we used to do that at our annual meeting in June, and we'd have visiting ministry, we'd have visitors from, from maybe other churches, and how how rich that was to share that time together with them as much as one another. And you know, we have a commonality with the Lord's people, and, and this is something that we should always consider in these good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them, is that we should promote that commonality we should promote that fellowship we should promote that union if you will to strengthen that union because i'll tell you we walk in a in a spiritually dark world it's as dark as it was when the lord came into it but thanks be unto god that he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel and he has accomplished that which we see now, and we see these truths. He fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament to the jot and the tittle. He fulfilled that law, and He has set this before us now that we have this hope of looking unto Him in eternal glory, and that the grace of God has been poured out upon us. And, you know, we don't have to be a Jew by lineage necessarily. We're a Gentile, and we're grafted into that, and we have the same hope as the Jew does, as the Lord hath, according as He has chosen us, in Him, in Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. And so those good works that He has before ordained that we should walk in is that we should here, uh, if you will, begin to take on that characteristic of the Lord Jesus Christ and walk holy and without blame before Him in love in one another and love one another in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so how we can look unto Him... And see these truths. And, and I want to look just a, a few few points here. I want to go over to uh, Peter, if I can find old Peter over here. <clears throat> well James, <clears throat> James also has some thoughts about this. <clears throat> I want to go over to uh, before before that I want to go back over to the Philippian letter. And consider this, this pure heart. Let's go over to the last chapter, the fourth chapter of the uh, Philippian letter. And here's scripture that, that we're very familiar with. And so the apostle now is closing out his letter. But look at some of the things that he is, is to say now in encouragement for this little band. And this is encouraging for us as well. And the peace, this is the seventh verse of the fourth chapter. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. Now, you know, we we have read that many times. We've each read it privately, I'm sure. But, you know, that's something that we've experienced, isn't it? We've experienced peace that passeth understanding. When some tragedy comes upon us, Our minds are not just taken away, are they? Our heart is contrite, as the psalmist would say. But there is a peace, a deep, deep peace of God that does pass understanding of this flesh. And you know, you will exhibit this. Again, as I say, especially to you young folks, you will exhibit this in your life at some time And there will be people who observe you and they may never say anything, but they will wonder, they will wonder, how is it that you're able to continue on and show composure or whatever it may be or have that peace in such a situation as you're in? And they may put it off to say, well... You're a strong person. You know, you're you're capable of handling these things. But we all know where that strength comes from. It comes from God, doesn't it? From the Lord Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so the peace which passes understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. Isn't that beautiful to think of? Sometimes our hearts and our minds, it seems like we might be just going to lose them. Have you ever been in that situation? you ever been in a situation where you're so grieved that you think your, your heart is just going to physically burst? Or you're so troubled that your mind seems like it just, you're just going to lose your mind? But look at what God has done for us and what He does for us. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and that means a purity, if you will, and if there be any praise, think on these things. The good works that God hath before ordained that we should walk in. God gives us his word and we can think on these things. You know, of all the information that comes into us in these days and times in which we live, how much of it is just garbage? Pure garbage. Untruth. Some of it just silly, beyond belief. But we have these words. What Paul says think on these things. We can think on whatsoever things are true. What are things that are true? You may ask, what are things that are true? God is true. Christ is true, isn't He? He's true and He's faithful. What what things are honest? God is honest. God is honest. If you want to find honesty, look unto God. If you want to be honest, look unto God and His characteristics and pattern your life after Him. Whatsoever things are pure, God is pure, absolutely pure, isn't he? And that's hard for us to understand here and now because we're still tainted with sin. And sin draws on all the emotions. It draws on all the the things of the flesh. It draws and listens to the whispers of Satan. It draws us into that long, dark tunnel, if you will, but you know, God has a way and He shines that light. And we seek that light. The heart of the child of God seeks that light. And that light is ours. And so, whatever things, whatsoever things are pure, if our heart, and the Scripture says, the Lord says this as well, over in that area where the young folks and I have been looking at in that Sermon on the Mount, Where your heart is, is where your treasure will be, isn't it? If your heart's upon the Lord, that's where your treasure is going to be. You're going to seek that treasure, aren't you? It's going to become richer and richer each day. And the purity will be there. Not our purity because of our sin, but the purity of God will be there. And so those good works that Paul is speaking to the little church at Philippi about, he says, I'm confident that God's going to continue this work in you. That you're going to have fellowship in the gospel. You know, to continue on and, and, and have faith in, in the Lord and continue to, to meet and, and have prayer, have preaching, have singing, have fellowship in the Lord. You know, we, that doesn't come automatically. That isn't some routine. That isn't some duty that we have. We do it because we desire it. We long for it. We look for it. Had one of the brethren on the OBW the other night said I can't wait for Wednesday to come. I get up early so I can I can and I go to work early so I can get off early and come home and get ready so I can see you brethren and, and hear the brethren whoever's going to preach that night. And we may say, Well that's 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 on live stream and it is. And there's one thing that live stream can't give us that we have right now. You know what that is. We can assemble together in his name. And what's the promise that God gives us? We're two or more gathered in my name. I will be there. His presence is with us. The presence of God. You know, you're not going to find any greater presence out in this old world. There's a lot of presences out there in the world wickedness, hatred, vileness, backbiting, all kinds of things of the flesh. It's all out there. There's presence. You can, you can find it if you seek it. You can feel it when you go into it. As a child of God, sometimes you can walk into a place and you can just feel the vileness. But you know, you can also walk into a place and you can feel the presence of the Lord. And that's where we want to be because that's where we're going. We're going to be in the presence of the Lord. When time is no more, we have that hope. And so our eyes are to be fashioned on Him, not looking down at the water and seeing how stormy and how much turmoil it may be and what man is doing to stir it up, because it'll always be stirred up. But when we look unto the Lord, we have a peace that passes understanding. We can find those pure things. We can think upon those pure things of the heart. And we can walk in honesty of what God has given us. And realize, yes, and acknowledge, yes, that we are depraved creatures before God, lost and undone. But thanks be unto God, there's something greater than that that God has delivered us to, and we have a hope in Him. And we're going to be with Him some sweet day by His promise. But until then, as we continue on in this life, we have His hope every day that He will grant us that which we're in need of. He will make the way. He will shine the light for the rocks that are in our way. He will break those rocks. He will open the doors. And He will bring comfort and peace to the heart. And He will heal the heart that is contrite and broken. He will heal that heart and uplift it. It enables us to think upon those great things of God and our God. May the Lord bless you our prayer. We thank you most kindly for your attention this morning. May the Lord continue to bless us as we look unto Him in all things. And may we give Him the honor and the praise and the glory in our lives.